Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. I am so excited to have you back with us this week and even more excited for the guests that we have for you today. The two women that you're going to meet are incredible. They are talented. They are business savvy. They are making waves for women empowerment, and I cannot wait for you to hear their story and advice. Today, we are going to be embracing the journey, the journey of what it has taken for these two women to get where they are and how they're taking that journey to empower others, provide lessons, provide insights so that you yourself can really begin to find your own career journey. Here on Coding the Future, we talk a lot about tech savviness, career journeys, and being really able to find your purpose and passion in how you navigate this wonderful life that we have. So today, I'm thrilled to introduce the two women from the uh, Unleash Today movement, and they ha- it's a variety of things. They're going to explain a little bit more to you about what they do, but first up, we're going to dig in and talk to one of the co-founders, Sarah Wagner, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. She's just a pure delight, and let me also mention to you that right now when we're recording, she is in China, so she is literally 12 hours ahead of me. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she is way over yonder in China, and so it is kind of exciting to hear her, uh, her perspective. And um, we've giggled a lot about trying to figure out time frames because we've talked a couple of different times. And then in our second uh, stage of the show, we will meet Kate, who is in London. I mean, y'all, this is just blowing my mind. So let me tell you a little bit about Sarah. Uh, Sarah, growing up with two cosmopolitan sisters in a village close to Frankfurt, Germany, had a tremendous impact on Sarah's development of self-confidence and sense of equality. Surrounded by love, support, and inspiration, Sarah learned to fight for what she really wants what she really wants early in life. In 2017, Sarah and her sisters founded Here She Is, a podcast that features inspiring diverse leaders and role models that can serve as an inspiration for pursuing leadership positions. With her upcoming book, Unleashed Today, Sarah has turned into a thought leader by challenging gender bias in business and society and helping ambitious women overcome the hurdles that prevent them from unleashing their full potential. Sarah is a real globetrotter, speaking five languages fluently, and recently dared to embrace a six-language Mandarin. She has studied and worked in seven countries and before settling as a project manager in Beijing where she currently is working at, on the harmonization of ICT standards, I'll let her explain that, between Germany and China. Sarah, this is amazing, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Sharon. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for the invitation, and I can't wait to share my story to empower all the other women and men out there. Yes, so tell us a little bit about your story. I already uh, let the cat out of the, out of the bag by saying that you were in Beijing, but so you're in China right now. This is where you've settled. You, start, you settled there in January, but tell us a little bit about your story. How did you even get to China? I guess if you ask me how I got here, I should start um, somewhere very different because um, I guess it's a very long journey. Um, let me actually, I would like to come back to the fact that I have two sisters and we're kind of yes. um, my journey because you, you just mentioned that actually in your, in your very kind introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, I'm originally from Frankfurt, from a little village close to, close to that uh, big city. Um, and I grew up there with two sisters. And, you know, I, I mention it because back then I didn't realize it. But today, looking back, it had a tremendous impact on me because I always had role models, basically, from the start. You know, I had two sisters, um, my mom, they are also three sisters, uh, a, a woman. And uh, my grandmother also has uh, or has had two si- sisters. And hence, there were always women around me. And I never even questioned the fact that women... 
uh, could be any uh, could do less than a man or there could be any difference simply because there were always women surrounding me mm-hmm. and um, and basically I, I guess you know um, this whole kind of traveling journey started when I, I think I was around 12 13 and my older sister decided to study in Canada in a country very far away on the other side of the Atlantic um, and she just decided to go there for half a year to embrace a new challenge and I was um, I remember I was very jealous and, um, and this is um, when I started to kind of embrace the opportunities of the internet and technology um, which until then I really hadn't done because you know I, I don't know if you would agree but um, boys often they, they, they start to learn about technology and use computers through through gaming I really mm-hmm. was never in the world so I found these kind of websites uh, where you would find people to to write letters to so these kind of snail mail friendships. And what kind of followed was that I started to visit all of them. And, and very soon I traveled at the age of 14, 15 around Europe, these kind of strangers. And basically, yeah. And uh, I, I traveled around Europe and learned different languages and embraced these different cultures and, and really realized this is something I was very passionate about. Um, and and soon decided also, you know, to 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 study in in Canada during high school and in France and and it sounds so exciting, but you know when you imagine you're 14, 15 and you're you're doing this, it it you also obviously face a lot of challenges as a young girl traveling on your own through through Europe and the world. Um, but I'm I'm really telling you this because it it helped me so much to grow as as a young girl and and, and just learn to kind of assert myself and speak up and, 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 and say my opinion um, early onwards, which I think nowadays is very often a, a problem. Because women very op- often exactly don't do dare to do that. Um, I agree. And, and yeah. having to travel yeah. like that and be able to find your own path and be able to voice what you need it and how you need it and be able to do that on your own is, wow. I mean, it's impressive and gave you a lot of life lessons along the way. Exactly. And then also in (laughs) expressing that in different languages with a different cultural mindset, it just teaches you so much and it teaches you about how different human beings are. And, um, and yeah, it's kind of a learning lesson anyway. And then, yes, I I decided, you know what, it was too boring to, to, to study in Germany. So fast forward, basically I, I went to to Spain to to do a voluntary year. I, I then went to the Netherlands, um, to study, um, European politics and law, where I met Kate, who um, who will join us later. Um, I then spent a semester in France. I I went to Hong Kong. I went another semester to to um, to Canada. Um, I went to Moscow. So it's I really I kind of I felt like I I took all the opportunities that were out there. And it sounds perhaps now looking back quite crazy, um, but I feel like. Um, there are so many opportunities nowadays, particularly through the internet mm-hmm. and, and the fact that we are kind of a global village that um, I would encourage really all kind of, particularly the, the younger women and, and also boys and, and young men out there to, to, to see what's out there and, and look beyond the, what is kind of apparent and in front of them. Um, only because you grow up in a little village doesn't mean that you, you have to stay there. The world is so big and mm-hmm. has so much to offer. So, um, you just have to have the courage to explore it. I agree. And I think about that too, even from my own growing up piece, I didn't have access to the internet until later on in my high school career. And I realize now how small of a world it can be and how much I can connect with people just like you and, and Kate and be able to have these amazing relationships with women that I would not have had the opportunity if we had not had this advancements in technology and internet and computer science, et cetera. So it's pretty phenomenal that you and I get to have this conversation via Zoom. Um, we may have had a little bit of an internet hiccup there at a moment ago, but here we are again. You know, we just kind of keep rolling. It's pretty awesome. But tell me a little bit about what you're doing now in your current role 
um, career-wise a little bit, like what is the ICT, what are you doing to facilitate there between Germany and China? And then I want to talk a little bit more about this journey and some things that you've learned along the way to get to where you are. Yeah, um, and if I may very quickly comment on what you just said before yes. about the connecting, it's really interesting because immediately a memory popped up in my in my mind. And remember, I I was in Canada back then, and I I asked the people. So this was must have been two thousand eight or so. And I said, Hey, can you give me your address? I want to stay in contact with you because this is back then how it was in Germany. Yeah. And then the people the people were like, uh, No, we use Facebook. And I remember like thinking, what is Facebook? Yeah. And what I want to say with this is that um, having traveled through, uh, through so many countries, I also realized that technological advancement was so different in the different countries. You know, I had similar experiences um, a few years later than during university when I was in Hong Kong and in, and in Canada. And I remember entering the university library and there was a 3D printer. And I had never seen this in my university in, um, back in Europe, which again showed me um, how, yeah, that some societies embrace technology and innovation mm -hmm. and others for, for, for certain reasons, be it historical or aspects and might not be so fast in, in taking over new technologies. But I, what I want to say is it showed me how much impact the um, kind of legal framework also in the, the, um, has on and kind of the laws that a country gives you in, in developing um, technologies and advancing as a society. And that's why, and now I, I would like to answer your question, I then decided on purpose to, to kind of stay in this area of technology and law and went to Brussels where I worked the last three years until just this January. I represented the tech industry. So basically the global tech industry from companies like um, Amazon to SAP um, to really Japanese and Chinese companies also, hardware companies, software companies, telco equipment companies. And it was so fascinating to um, to represent them towards the EU institutions and be really involved in the lawmaking because I had the impression that thereby I could really have an impact on society as a whole because we were, you know, this is like the time at the moment so much happens on e-commerce, on data flows, on cyber security and data protection. Mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. And this is why, yeah, this is why I decided to kind of move into the field of ICT and I, I really wanted to stay in that field and then um, decided though earlier this year I just wanted a new professional challenge. I felt like I was no longer growing. So uh, this opportunity popped up and I encourage everyone to always embrace opportunities, never, never be afraid of it. And hence I moved to China because I um, I mean where else can you be right now and um, China is, is really fast advancing has so many technologies and, and here I work basically in a company that um, it's, it's owned by the German state and it uh, fosters international cooperation by in particular my project reducing technical barriers through trade so non-tariff barriers basically that arise for example through different standards different ICT standards. So um, like when you think about, for example, now, I guess I don't want to become political here, but I guess everyone can kind of um, familiarize with this topic of 5G. I guess that's something you discuss all over mm -hmm. the world. And yeah. um, nowadays, if you produce, if you're involved, like standard setting basically means if you have a if you set standards, you also have the power. I mean, very often people talk about standards actually it's a new goal, so to say. Yeah, I like and what you said. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what I, what I really like about what you're saying is that your journey in terms of being able to travel to different places across the world and learning about the different cultures, understanding how cultures work, really guided you to making the, your career moves in terms of helping people to better understand legal barriers, culture barriers, the way in which a, uh, a particular country's um, infrastructure is set up to best communicate with another country's infrastructure and that there are very particular um, pieces of legislation that are put in place for that particular country's uh, way of life, uh, 
for lack of a better word, because I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm a little ignorant on this piece, but the cultural, the cultural aspects and how to communicate from one to the other. And I love that you said you went to a place where there is a ton of technical innovation because we know that China moves fast and has a lot of the latest innovations that are coming out on a regular basis. So to be right there in the epicenter of it is pretty incredible. Yeah, that's very correct. Um, and I told you right now my entire story and started with this kind of little girl starting in, in a little village in Frankfurt because I would never sit here now as a 29-year-old woman on my own in Beijing if I hadn't gone through everything that I just told you because right. um, you need to have the guts, you need to have the courage to take such a big step. Um, and it's it's... Confidence is something you develop along the way. Very often, I feel like, um, particularly girls and women, believe that you you just you just kind of wake up with courage and you just have it or you don't have it. You're born with it or not. No, it's a kind of step by step. It's it's a progress. It's a journey, and you learn along the way by continuously going out of your comfort zone. And even at this stage, of course, I I can tell you. I I remember when I was sitting in in Brussels and deciding to leave behind my family, my friends, my, my job that I quit. To move to China, to a place I had never been before, I, um, I was thinking twice, like, Sarah, can you really do this? I said, Sarah, look what you have done in the past. Of course you can do it. Why should you not do it? Pippi um, Longstocking, she, um, she is very known in Europe, you know, and she, and she said once, Oh, I haven't done it. Oh, I must be good at it. So it's all about your mind and just being positive-minded. I love that. I love that you said that. And I love your tenacity to keep trying something new. That's something that even for me as a young woman, I struggled with a lot. I was very shy when I was younger, which some people find that to be a little bit, um, I, I'm not so much shy now, but uh, it's taken me a long time to get to where I am. I was, I, and I think back to where I was when I was your age, and I don't know that I would, ha would have had that same I know I didn't have that same um, mindset to be able to jump off and go somewhere by myself brand new. I struggled going to college and that was two hours away from where I lived, you know. So I commend, commend your confidence and being able to go out and try something new. And that's something I'm going to put forth to our listeners today is maybe it's not jumping forth to another country, but maybe it's just trying one thing new today that you didn't know you could do. Just one thing and then see where that takes you. I think that's um, pretty incredible. But along those same lines, I know that everything has not always been hunky-dory, as my mom used to say to me. But tell me... Um, have what has been your biggest failure? What has been your biggest failure that's happened over the course of the past 15 uh, years or so as a professional? And what did you do to overcome it? Now, I, I must say, I don't really believe in the concept of failure. Now, I mean, my, I would have said something different a few years ago, but I, I don't think failure as such exists because I've come to realize, you know, I always give my best. I always work hard and why blame myself for something if it doesn't work out? Sometimes it's just bad luck. Sometimes it's the circumstances. And I, I not just feel like, and I know Sharon, we're kind of aligned on this. You need to reframe the idea of failure. You, I think yes. failure is just on the way to success because how can you have success if on the way it didn't work out? Um, like it's impossible. So it's just part of success. So I would actually say a learning, um, like failure is always automatically um, a learning moment. Now, then still, I guess if you, if you ask me, you will probably not say yes, sir, but there must have been some failure. And <laughs> um, I guess um, it's perhaps in the past when I, when I didn't accept that failure is part of success. It's, it's these moments, you know, when I, I didn't accept a decision I, I wasn't able to to move on and I would always be in the conditional like what if what 
could have been, what um, might have mm -hmm. been if I had done this and this. Did I take the wrong decision? Did I perhaps study the wrong thing? Should I have studied this? If I had moved to this country, I might now live here and here, and I might do this and this. So I sometimes I remember I would have these 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 stories in in my head and and kind of doubt if what I did was the right thing. And I guess my learning really is that you you should just whenever there's a big decision to take. Um, really don't kind of always listen to the raison d'etre, like the, the reasonable voice, but your intuition, your, your gut feeling. In, in German, we call it your, your stomach feeling, so to say. Um, mm -hmm. Because looking back, these were always the best decision. Because in the end, your, your, your whole body tells you if you're supposed to do something or not do something. And um, if you follow your intuition, you will also not sit there afterwards and, and regret or think about what could have been. Yeah, I, there, I, yes, there's nothing else for me to say except yes. And I agree with you. The failure piece is what moves you forward and gives you the confidence and the strength to keep going because you know once you've failed once, you know it's going to happen again. Well, and as you said, not just, but maybe failure is not the right word, reframing that piece as, we, as we've talked about before, but really thinking about if something didn't go the way you thought it would be, what did you learn from it and how do you keep using that to move yourself forward to the next challenge, next adventure that you have coming down the pike? Because there's always another one. And thinking and I something else, I was going to add something else that helps you in, in making decision is, is having an inner compass. And I, particularly as a young woman, I, I wouldn't have that yet. I, I would very much let my decisions be indirectly be guided or influenced by the outside world. Um, mm, so I yeah. really come to terms that it's about having your own value set, having your purpose that you find. Yes. And having this, this inner campus in, uh, compass in, in, in your mind that, that guides you whenever you, you need to take a decision. Yes. Yes, and I'm going to repeat that. Using your inner compass to help guide your decisions and knowing your self-purpose, and that will take you places that you never knew you could go. On that same vein, yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, go I, ahead. I wanted to add, you know, it sounds easy, um, but particularly as a woman, you know, and when particularly, you know, at work in in, in I work in the tech industry, which is a very male-dominated environment, where the rules are, they were set by the men, and you as a woman still operate in this in this kind of in this environment. And very often you start to doubt, or I started to doubt my, my myself and, and my decisions, my actions, my behavior, because somehow it felt out of place. Um, but if you're really connected to your to this kind of inner compass you will learn to, to say, no, what they are doing is wrong and I, I'm authentic to myself and I'm allowed to be authentic and I'm just uh, letting myself guide by my inner strengths. Um, and I don't need to adjust to how they want me to be. Because uh, one of the first things I really learned in my, in my first years was that, you know, I, I was, you know, I, people can't see me right now, but I am like this, this tall, blonde uh, woman with blue eyes. Very often people see me and they're like, oh, this little girl. Um, but I'm not like this. I'm a bold, confident woman. This is how I would describe myself. But then somehow people don't, don't want this to be the case. They, they kind of put you into a box. And then if you behave differently than, than what they expected you to behave, you, you're judged automatically. And, mm -hmm. and whereas a man in the situation very often would, have, would be assessed as something positive, I'm like, I, I was often told I, I was aggressive, I was bossy, etc. And then you, you start doubting yourself. Obviously you do. Um, and it's, it's just then over time that you learn to kind of ignore these voices because if you are true to yourself, you, you can be proud of yourself, but it's a learning process. I just want to reiterate this because I would really like to encourage all the particularly women out there to, to just trust themselves and their, their, their inner guidance, so to say. Yes. I'm going to leave it at that because that was a, an incredible way to explain it. And especially for women that uh, live in the tech world. It is my area of expertise. I know that there are other areas where, you know, many women are and they're the only woman many times at the table. 
in the tech world in particular, there is just, it is a very male dominated industry currently, but we're working to change that, aren't we, Sarah? So speaking of that, I want to talk briefly about, before we take a quick break and bring Kate in for this conversation, I want to talk about Unleashed Today. Can you give us a little bit, because your story of what you just mentioned about being a bold female and being authentic to yourself and making decisions and moving your your um, skill set, your technical skill set, and your soft skill uh, skill set forward in your career. How did Unleash Today come to be? And just give us a little snippet, and we'll bring Kate in. We'll dig in a little bit more. Yeah, um, Unleash Today really is a passion project of, of Kate and myself. As you just heard, two of or you will hear in a second, Kate and I, we both climbed the corporate ladder very quickly and, and, and became senior manager and partner. But on the, the way, we had so many challenges that university did not prepare us for because university told us it's all about competence, it's about your IQ, it's about working hard and having the best grades. And the two of us, we, we entered the workspace and felt we were not prepared. So we were looking for advice. Um, and although we, we got quite some good advice, we realized there was no book, self-help self book that uh, we could consult to, to really deal with the situations that we faced in the workspace. So basically last year, the two of us, we just sat together and said, let's do it and let's write the book that we wanted to read when we were there, when we started our career. And this is what happened. And I'm excited to, um, to tell everyone out there in a second more about it. Wonderful. And I can, and there, it's, it's incredible. So I can't wait for you guys to meet Kate. Thank you so much, Sarah, for your words of wisdom, your insight, your journey. And when we come back from our quick break, we're going to meet Sarah's co-founder of Unleashed Today and learn a bit more about this project and learn a little bit more about Kate and how they met and how they become this powerhouse. We'll be right back. From face-to-face -face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The DOT Consulting, a new level of tech savvy, Visit the dot consulting dot co. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us for the second half of our show today. And for the second half, we're going to bring in Sarah's uh, amazing partner, Kate Sorella. And let me tell you a little bit about Kate, because she is equally as phenomenal as Sarah. At the age of 12, Kate went to court to watch her mother represent minors as a social worker. Inspired by what she saw, she came on to study MSc in Law and Finance at the University of Oxford, excuse me, and recently Kate has started writing her first book, Unleashed Today, with Sarah, a graduation gift for the next generation. Kate shares her story and lessons learned from traveling around the world since the age of 12 and living in five different uh, countries across Europe. 
And today, Kate is working as a partner and chief compliance officer that leads the legal and compliance team of a growing investment equity research firm. Kate loves salsa, dancing, yoga, and mindfulness. Oops, and I forgot to say about Sarah that she loves swing dancing, acrylic painting, and surrounding herself with inspiring and positive-minded people. I didn't say that about you earlier, Sarah, and I love those things about you guys. Hi, Kate. Welcome. Thank you very much, Sharon, for having me on the show. I am delighted to join the conversation. Well, we are delighted to have you here. Kate, tell us a little bit about your story before we dig into the Unleashed Today, um, all of the goodness of that. Tell us a little bit about your story and where um, your journey has been. Sure. Uh, I'm Czech originally. I grew up in a uh, the second biggest city in the Czech Republic with a Czech family. And uh, me and my brother were the first um, uh, to move abroad. My brother lives in Frankfurt and he works um, at one of the big fours. And I uh, followed his lead and moved to the Netherlands uh, where I studied my bachelor's in European law. And that's where I met Sarah. We clicked immediately in one of the first uh, tutorials uh, because at that time I wanted to improve my German and then I saw Sarah as a great uh, person to practice my German with so that's uh, that's how the conversation started and then we discovered that we share much more than just German but also um, a lot about female empowerment which I will talk about a bit more uh, in a second so I studied in the Netherlands, then um, uh, got an internship in Luxembourg. Uh, that's where I wanted to focus on legal and compliance uh, matters. So I worked um, at a bank which was going through um, a regulatory investigation. So it was a lot of, um, you know, discovering of the wrongdoings and how can it make, how can it be better? What can we learn in terms of um, all the different processes and procedures um, and how we can improve them. And then I was, um, I was really um, excited to join a pretty new master's degree at the University of Oxford where um, this was focusing on law and finance, so an interdisciplinary program that really introduces uh, lawyers to the finance world. And it was, uh, it was kind of a natural jump to join the finance working as a lawyer and as a compliance officer and applying all what I have learned um, at university, but also in Luxembourg in practice in London. That's really incredible. I love what you, I was wondering, so the MS, when I said MSC, what does that stand for? It's a master of science. Uh So um, it's basically an MSc in law and finance. It's a joint degree between the business uh, faculty and the law faculty in Oxford. So both uh, faculties came up with a program that would really introduce um, a person to two different degrees. And we did take some MBA courses in finance. Uh, And I'm not saying that I I would be able to... (laughs) probably uh, create a budget for a um, million company business but uh, you know at least to understand financial statements get a get a brief introduction to um, all the numbers and and excel spreadsheets that uh, lawyers would normally deal with when they when they complete deals that's incredible you know what i like about that a lot is the ability for you to be able to take to interest and blend them together because sometimes it's Sarah mentioned this earlier about you know a lot of times in academia it's very much about content and grades and you're going to pick one area that's going to be your area and you're going to you know, dive all in and but a lot of times we're so blended in our interest and how we like to do things and I love that ability to give you exposure to both and then you're able to make really educated decisions and build on your content knowledge in both areas. It's incredible. Tell Indeed, me. and I, I really, I, okay. I also really liked during the degree that we got law firms and uh, finance firms presenting to us actual deals and how they how they solve them and how lawyers and um, of course uh, you know in mergers and acquisitions you need all different stakeholders involved. How that really works in practice. So it wasn't just um, 
this is what you do and this is an imaginary example that you need to complete. We had we we were working on actual deals that took place perhaps a year or two ago. So that was that was really good. Oh, that's incredible. Tell me a little bit about what your everyday work life is like now. Do you how are you utilizing those skill sets? I mean, I know both you and Sarah said you've worked your way up the corporate ladder in different ways. Has that mean, has that meant working for different companies? And then currently in the role that you're in right now, what is your everyday like, everyday life like? I think it's about kind of going back to what Sarah said. It all was about hard work and uh, determination and seeing some specific goal that you had in mind. Um, I started a company um, as a, in a, quite a senior role just right after university, but it was about me proving my skills and showing I can, I can do, I can just roll up my sleeves and let's do it. You know, I'm just not going to talk about uh, uh, theory and, and what we can do, what we can't do. Let's just try it and see what are the results? Mm-hmm. So I climbed the career ladder quite quickly. I, I was 24 when I started and I, I was regulated um, as the key person uh, responsible for the regulatory uh, and compliance matters at the firm. And um, within two years um, since my joining, I got, um, I got promoted to a partner. So I was starting with quite many different responsibilities, of course, mainly focusing on legal and finance matters. And of, of course, compliance. These were my three key hats to start with. But since the company was very small, I was dealing with some HR, uh, operational matters. But as we were growing, um, I started to focus more on these three different um, uh, responsibilities and then, uh, of course, the legal and compliance matters. But it was all about learning and me being curious. And I think this is, this is my strength um, and that has really helped me to move um, very quickly through the carry leather, asking questions and wanting to know more. Yes. That's, that is the essence of lifelong learning, is being able to be curious and, and learn more and learn from things that in the past to help you move forward in the future. Tell me, and I want to ask this to you too, Sarah, in terms of one of the things we talk a lot about here on, on the show is our technical skills and how uh, there's many times when I think that we as women tend not to gravitate towards the technical side, which you mentioned uh, in the first half, Sarah, about, you know, a lot of times the internet and technology is introduced through gaming. But I'd like to ask you both, how has being able to leverage your technical skills um, helped you in your career as well? And if, you know, in, in, in that vein, is there an area or a software, technical software that you have used that's really helped propel you through these last uh, few years of your uh, corporate life? I'll start with you, uh, Kate. Sure. So I love efficiency. It's my, it's my obsession. So <laughs> I have, I've, I've tested different softwares on how to track my efficiency and how to see how I can improve it. Because what happens quite often, and especially when you are dealing with a big project, you think, oh, it's going to take two hours. But when mm-hmm. you actually track the time, it takes four or five. And then right. you're like spending the whole afternoon on it. And then you finish the day, you look at your to-do list and you finish two out of 15 tasks. And you just think, oh, it was such a terrible day because I haven't done these 15 things. So I incorporated this into, into my daily life. I use Toggle, which is a tracking oh, tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also gives you some um, some uh, ideas on how to budget different things. You know, um, it sends you weekly and monthly reports. Um, it, it, it's a bit difficult to get used to it, but uh, you will start to see the, the results very quickly because then you will be better. Uh, you will be able to better understand and estimate how, how long such tasks will take you. And then, you will be actually in charge of your time and be seen more responsible when you say, okay, I will give you two hours of my time and these are the things that I can manage. 
Yeah, I like toggle a lot. I've used it just a little bit. I haven't dove into it quite so much, but that's a great example. Um, Sarah, how about yourself? I'm, yeah, Kate and I have many similarities. One of them is the need or the desire to be efficient um, at all times. Um, and we are also um, two very passionate networkers. And if you want to network the way we network, you really need to have your calendar um, and you need to be scheduled um, very efficiently. So what I um, always like to do is, for example, um, schedule birthdays. So you know be reminded of that um, and my so that you don't forget anything you just you just basically are reminded of calling your grandmother etc and um, rather than using um, apps that are out there actually my sister she lives in Silicon Valley so we would uh, and she has come to teach herself software since she's there and is now surrounded by these people that encourage her to um, to embrace this, this, this new skill um, and she's now kind of coding for me sometimes whenever I have an idea to become more efficient in my in my daily life like for example be reminded of first day she does that now apart from this this, for example, Kate and I also use Calendly. I was just thinking of this, you know, because now for, for Unleashed Today, we have many, like really on a daily basis, several calls and um, with our team, with outside stakeholders. And um, they basically, Calendly obviously just um, very efficiently helps us with kind of this online appointment scheduling. Mm-hmm. And then at last, I would also say what I really like uh, now, I, I don't want to make any advertisement, but for example, collaborative tools, tools like MS Teams or Trello, um, I, lo- I love that because it makes your working life in Teams so much easier um, that you kind of all work on something at the same time rather than uploading something, downloading it um, and, and working on it in, kind of in parallel it's, it's, and at the same time it's fantastic. Uh, no, the the ability to collaborate at the same time, I felt like changed my entire working career. Being able to use, uh, the first one that I really used was the Google platform and being able yeah. to do Google Docs and Google Excel and really becoming masterful within that Google platform because it was, it made life so much easier. Exactly. Like you said, did I, is this the latest copy? You know, when people would send the attachment, you'd have to download and open it and send it back. And it was always so frustrating. And then with Microsoft came online with the cloud platform. But I think that that's really, there's a couple of things that you all have mentioned that I want our listeners to hear. And one is the adaptability piece. Each of you have mentioned this several times in terms of how your journey has directed you in your career. You've now mentioned it a bit in the skill sets that you're using for your job right now in terms of time management and then being able to communicate with others. Because technology moves so quickly, we are going to have to be adaptable to whatever else is going to come down the pike, you know, in the next couple of months or tomorrow. Um, That adaptability of being able to use your skills to figure out whatever is put in front of you is really important. And not to be afraid that if you don't know, Kate, you mentioned that toggle takes a little bit to get used to. So you have to give yourself that time to get over the hump to learn how to use it. That would, you know, that sometimes that takes a little longer for (laughs) others than, than some, but that is what it is, right? Well, let me pivot our conversation just a little bit to talk more about Unleashed today. Both of you have such incredible backgrounds in your careers um, and how you have navigated your passions and made them into uh, your living careers right now. And I'm really honored to turn our conversation to your joint venture of Unleashed today. And tell us a bit more. I know, Sarah, you introduced it before we took the break. um, And the two of you have met uh, in academia and have carried on your friendship for the past few years. But tell me about the mission and the vision for Unleashed today. And, you know, when you started it, did you foresee it being the movement that it is right now? That's a great question, Sharon. We started a year ago, and it's going to be, we will celebrate our little anniversary on the 3rd of August. Um, Fantastic. Sarah and I, um, at that time, um, in August last year, we wanted to communicate the advice and the lessons learned to other young, ambitious women that are going to follow us. And we wanted to create this graduation gift, explaining different um, topics in very structured chapters and sharing very, very practical tips. 
and stories of other uh, other people that are contributing to our book, um, but also our own stories. And we are also very delighted to have you, uh, Sharon, uh, contribute to our book with your incredible uh, story and lessons learned. So the idea was um, to share this piece and to get it out because we have written so many different um, notes and advices we have been sending each other um, quotes and encouraging each other through some really difficult moments and we just felt it would be good to to summarize these challenging situations and we focus on on seven different topics in the book so starting with first impressions talking about confidence uh, how to overcome perfectionism how to master your networking skills and also love yourself throughout the whole process. And then the sixth chapter is on how to deal with difficult conversations and difficult colleagues. And uh, the last chapter is on when is the right time to move on or how can you develop your career in your current position. We have realized that university and, and all these different classes and lessons, they teach you a lot of theory, but there isn't uh, there isn't a specific class with some exceptions on soft skills. How can you really, when you, when you come and you're spending your first three months at work, which are the most crucial, how do you adjust to the environment? And specifically, how can women thrive in a male-dominated industry? Mm-hmm. And since I, I work in the financial sector and Sarah works in, in tech, um, we just we were sharing so many similarities and mm-hmm. similar uh, experiences that we thought it's incredible. Sarah's on the other side of the world. I'm in London, and whoever else we spoke to, we were identifying uh, unconscious bias, you know, other uh, perceptions of women, how they are perceived in in today's world, which is a bit disappointing. We have been talking about gender equality and how to overcome the gap for many many years. Now it has been. It has been uh, recently quite an important topic, but we don't see the change. That's why Unleash Today is here to create a change. And, uh, and we even dare to call it a movement because we want other uh, ambitious women and men. And I and emphasize men because men are the agents of change that would help uh, women are like ourselves. And perhaps to add from my side, um we really want to help young ambitious women to be more focused and strategic uh, when they start out their careers because very often they waste time um, if they don't get the right support because as kate explained we feel very often you're not prepared because you were just you were just taught anything content uh, but not these kind of soft skills that you really need Um, because the working life Obviously, to, as a, an adult, it's clear to everyone. But, you know, when you start out, you don't realize it's also about your success. It's also about your network. Who do you have a beer with in the evening? Um, who's, your, who's your friends? Um, like, all of these kind of smaller like, aspects that you don't really think about as a student. And um, very often lead them to the situation where, as a woman, you, you somehow don't have the confidence. And Kate and I, in preparation for the book, we actually came across a study that um, pr- proves that the self-assessed level of confidence of um, women is only on par uh, with that of men in the 40s. So basically, the 20s and, and 30s, we feel like, is, is, is a wasted, is wasted time, and we find that so unfortunate, and we want to change that. I've been nodding my head this whole time, which I know that our listeners can't see, but I've been nodding as they've been speaking because I can completely resonate with that. I just turned 40 and I can tell you my confidence in who I am as a female, as a business owner, as a woman in with my skill set. I noticed a change over the past couple of years of how my confidence has increased. And you're exactly correct. Those 20s and 30s are such an interesting time when you are finding not only yourself as an adult, but finding yourself in your career. And what does that look like? And both of you have shown an example. And I will be very frank with you, in the States, this doesn't happen as often where you all have taken the risk and jumped and gone to different countries or gone to different um, 
companies. And just to hear that be said and that you all did this with knowing who you are is a really big confidence booster. And I think will be a confidence booster for the women that are listening today and for and, and beyond. Um, because just meeting the two of you gave me confidence to be able to tell my story. And I'm honored to be a part of the Unleashed Today uh, family and be a part of the book. Um, speaking of networking, that is something that I think is so vital and key in relationship building and part of coding the future and moving yourself forward. The way that I met Sarah and Kate is that we met on LinkedIn, which we know is a very powerful networking opportunity now, and especially for our women that are in their 20s and 30s. And Sarah reached out and we made a connection. I was thinking, Kate, when you said that you and Sarah immediately connected, I felt the same way when we had our um, conversation. I knew immediately how much I was going to enjoy our um, collaboration and now friendship that's beginning to to formulate. And I think that's what the chapters in your book that you have outlined are so incredibly important from those of us that have now kind of gone through the past couple of years. And, and I am a few years older than you all, but I like the way you have laid those out. Tell me a little bit about how you came to those conclusions, you know, in terms of the confidence and the networking. And then the one that I really think is really powerful are those uncomfortable conversations, because that tends to be what holds us back from moving forward to the next, next venture. Indeed. So just on the networking, for instance, what we share, and I will give a little sneak peek. So the audience is uh, interested in visiting our website, which is unnichetoday.com, but also pre-ordering our book, which will be out in November. In the networking chapter, we specifically talk about how to connect with people on LinkedIn, how to look at networking as a relationship rather than a transaction. Because a lot of people are thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to reach out to uh, this and this person and this is what I want and that's it. No, it's, it's about collaboration. It's about seeing how we can learn from each other. Necessarily thinking, um, I get one thing and then this is what I get in return. So those are all very specific tips with very specific examples on how to introduce yourself in the best way, oh. how, to, how to follow up how to chase people. That's Ooh. my uh, very <laughs> favorite uh, because I, 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 I personally, I never stop. I would just keep going, uh, of course, uh, within, within reasons, but uh, that has resulted in some incredible connections because uh, people don't have time. They don't check LinkedIn or emails. Uh, but if you chase in a nice way, um, they actually appreciate it because you remind them kindly about, uh, I don't know, for instance, we have a conversation, but just just uh, continuing on that. So that's about a networking. Now you asked about how to have difficult conversations mm -hmm. and how to deal with difficult colleagues. These are some really nitty gritty, uh, uh, very frank and honest stories that we share in the book uh, from our own experience, but also our guest experts. We have over 45 people that are contributing from different industries and different wow. countries. Um, there will be, for instance, topic of uh, queen bee syndrome. Uh, you have all these women. Uh, some of the, some of the, if, if the audience doesn't know what's a queen bee syndrome, you would have usually women that have gone through some really traumatic experience at their work, and they would look at you and say, "I'm not going to make it easy for you because oh, I went through yes. it, so you will go through it as well." How to deal with managers uh, uh, who might be suffering from queen bee syndrome, <laughs> and. Um, you know, th th those all the different uh, different uh, tips, and um, also there there was a very just one story comes to my mind. Uh, and Sarah mentioned failure. We have a very specific um, also section on how to deal with failure and how to see a failure as an opportunity to move on and and step outside of your comfort zone. So the the book is uh, packed with. Uh, number I think over 45 stories just from our experts and our own so we we have around uh, 100 stories all together uh, wow. very exciting uh, very we make ourselves very vulnerable because we really share uh, what we went through 
uh, and some of these are not very positive things, but the most important uh, for the book and the whole drive uh, why we set up Unleashed today is the lesson learned. What have you learned and how can you apply it um, to your future and move on? Yeah, and perhaps to add from my side, not to repeat anything or tell tell too much, we want still people to be excited for the book, right? Um, but basically, Kate and I really focus on these these subtle um, moments, things that, that happen to you that very often people don't dare to speak about. So be it, for example, you know, the moment you stand in front of another professional, this professional looks at you and you know this person is not taking you seriously. And it does not matter what you are saying. You may be confident. You may say the best things and do a fantastic presentation. It's the first impression that you make on that person. And the person has seen you probably and has already assessed you or judged you. And unfortunately, very often as a woman, um, your outer appearance is, is judged in a different way or has somehow um, more importance than it is for men. I remember, for example, when I was working in Brussels, the first thing politicians, um, uh, the, the news the journalists would ask is like, what is Theresa May wearing today? Is she wearing again the leopard socks or shoes? Um, and I was always wondering, why do you ask that? Would you ask now um, um, the, the male counterpart what, what he is wearing? No, you don't. But um, like these kind of things, we have like, experts that tell us, um, for example, we have a woman, she's very short, um, she is from a uh, country outside of Europe and, and might look different from, from um, what, what you're used to if you work, for example, in, in, in Germany, uh, in a Western country. And she was saying wherever she entered the room, she knew she, she was judged the moment she entered. So basically, she is sharing mm -hmm. how to prepare for this moment, how you should not just prepare for the presentation, but just that much about the impression you want to make. So basically, that you think about something else, like how do you want to pre-perceive and how can you actively shape that impression? By wearing certain clothes, certain colors, um, by having a certain body position, by checking on your voice, for example, some women share with us that they had um, singing classes just to be able to control their voice. And um, I like that. It's proven that um, deep voices are perceived as more um, um, kind of competent. Um, these kind of things. So it's, it's these kind of small things that some people might not even think about that they share. And uh, we are so excited to, to share that now with, um, with all the women uh, and men out there. Yes, those lessons are so incredible. I love the the tip about even taking some music lessons to help control your voice and how you feel when you walk in a room to give. And, and I've also heard the advice even to maybe just take a pause before you even walk in somewhere or before you respond so that you give yourself that moment to be able to put your thoughts together because I know that there's other women out there like myself or some, my brain will go faster than um, my mouth. And then I start a little bit, you know, like I'm not putting articulate words together. It has been absolutely an incredible conversation with the two of you. I could talk much, much longer. And I believe we're going to have to have a part two of this conversation to talk more about all the work that you're doing. I want to thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Um, if you all can tell our listeners one more time how they can find you and find the book that will be released in the fall. Sure. So the best way how to follow us is on our website. So it's uh, unleashedtoday.com. The other uh, social media platforms that we have is uh, Instagram, unleash underscore today. But also we are very active on LinkedIn. If you just search for Unleash Today, Twitter. And now um, in the next weeks, we are also going to set up our YouTube channel. So we have a lot of content, including your amazing tips, Sharon, that you have shared uh, uh, on our webinar. We will be all sharing this content and other videos that we have uh, prepared with our, with our team. We have um, 15 members uh, of Unleashed today, uh, ranging from content editors and and visual artists, but also video producer. So everyone is working towards making this possible and helping everyone to Unleash today. 
Incredible. Thank you so much, Kate and Sarah, for your time today. My action items for each of you are, one, to go to UnleashToday.com and check out the website, pre-order the book, because it is going to be incredible. It is a great, I love the way you have framed it as a graduation gift for young people graduating high school, graduating college, maybe graduating into the next phase of their life, however you want to celebrate graduation. I think this is an amazing gift and because it could change the way a young woman or man feels about him or herself when they walk into a room and begin to start their career. Second action item I have for everyone today is to try something new. Try something new. These women have jumped and went to all different kinds of places in the world, but what they decided to do was to take a chance and follow their gut and know that trying something new will bring something new to their lives. So try sushi today. I don't know. Go down and listen to a new podcast or et cetera. And the third thing is to not give up. When you do try something new and you think that it could be something that will really help you, Keep going. Keep going. Just like she mentioned about Toggle or Calendly or any other technical tool that you have out there, keep going because it will come and you may not learn it immediately, but it will eventually give yourself a little bit of grace and you will learn that particular um, new part of uh content or skill that you're looking for. Thank you again, ladies. It's been incredible. And we look forward to seeing everybody on the next episode of Coding the Future. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.